Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. We have a fantastic program for you today. Just know, we're always going to be focusing on impact, on leadership, and on outcomes. And today, joining us on the podcast is Holly Moore. She's the president of Hollis Strategies, and she's got a story to tell and a lot of experience to share. Holly Moore, welcome. Hey, you guys. I'm glad to be with you. So before we start talking about your experience in leadership, before we start talking about Hollis strategies, let's just talk about your faith. How do you keep your faith strong and your leadership and your influence on leadership Christ-centered? It's a really great question, but I would say for me, they're just completely integrated, completely. Um, I don't see them as two separate buckets. I mean, obviously, my faith is everything to me. Christ is my life, but Christ is also the ultimate example that we have for leadership. And so Mm -hmm. I always think to myself each day, I want to always be a student of leadership. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to learn best practices. I want to continue to hone my skills. But the added um, bonus that I have is Christ lives inside of me. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can have wisdom, discernment, strength, favor that is supernaturally going to come from him that is going to continue to really help me be the leader that I think he wants me to be. So you guys, every job I've had throughout the variety of career that I have had, I feel like God has always placed me in a setting where I get up in the day and I think, God, without you, it would be impossible for me to successfully lead. It would be impossible for me to be able to problem solve in this area or cast vision for this organization. So I would just say, I know my own limitations as Holly. And so without the Lord, it would be impossible for me to lead lead well, but with him, he can just help us do more than we ever imagined possible. Hmm, That's so good. So I'm excited about talking about your whole journey on your of leadership that you've been on. But right now, I want you to just explain to us, what does Hollis Strategies do? I will. So I started my own company, as I was telling you guys a little bit earlier, started my own company about a year ago, and it really came out of several decades in leadership roles. I had spent about a decade in a corporate career. It was with a subsidiary of a Fortune 500 company. And when I left that company, I really wanted to apply those best practices that Mm -hmm. I had learned in business in a nonprofit setting. I really, really had a heart for nonprofit and earlier in my life had spent time uh, with Mercy Ships, which many people will recognize that nonprofit. And and I thought I'd love to take everything that I have learned and be able to apply it in that nonprofit setting. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that in executive leadership positions for about 14 years. And I feel like I'm at a point right now where between my corporate background and my nonprofit background, I really love coming alongside organizations. And it really is there in the word of 
with my company strategies. I think God has wired me to think strategically. And so I come alongside and help people think through strategic plans to really increase their influence, grow their impact, and do a lot of work around how do you create healthy teams that are able to become a high-performing team that can accomplish the mission and vision that they have. And so I just love, love what I do. That's so great. So as that person who's helping them, you know, kind of gel and make those things happen, what kind of kingdom impact do you get to see as a result of the work that you do? It's, Martha, it is the thing that just excites me every single day. So, for example, one of my clients is a nonprofit in the Tennessee area, and they do a lot with families. Mm-hmm. Well, we this past fall worked a lot on some of their strategic planning, kind of aligning some of their objectives around um, just how they were serving their community. And now I'm seeing them, even in this situation with COVID-19, they have been so innovative in creating some resources for families to Mm. use while they're under quarantine. I have another nonprofit client in South Carolina that really focuses on women's leadership and helping women grow in their intimacy with Christ. And again, after we had done some strategic planning, they're doing some really, really innovative things to minister to women at this season. Mm -hmm. And so really the thing that just excites me, fills my cup, gives me so much joy is I'm seeing them flourish and I'm seeing them rise to this occasion that we're in and I'm seeing them be able to take this strong foundation that we built and then be able to minister in really innovative ways the platform that God has given them and that just thrills me to no end that's great it's got to be exciting to see nonprofits start to thrive and, yeah. and, and because of truth, really, you're speaking truth into them. So in your job as Ho- at Hollis Strategies, as you're speaking truth into nonprofits across the country, what do you find most about that job that drives you to your knees? Oh, gosh, that is a great question. I would say, and I've, I've talked about this for years, but you guys, um, practically every single day of my life, this is my prayer. God, please give me wisdom, discernment, and favor. And I believe that through Christ in us, we are able to have discernment. And so, Jim, when I'm working with different clients, you know, they are trying to solve complex problems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're trying to create a new business model. They're trying to think through um, how are we growing our donors? Are there other ways for us to generate revenue? Um, how how could we accomplish our mission in a different way? Um, maybe they have been working locally and they want to have more of a national footprint. Well, I'm always saying, God, I'm going to work my very hardest to really understand and listen and help them problem solve. But at the end of the day, what drives me to my knees is every day I'm saying, God, will you give us wisdom and discernment that we would not have on our own? Because I love the fact that our Heavenly Father, one of his greatest attributes is he is a creator. And so he is so creative. I believe he helps us to be creative. So I always tell people, I love to create, but you guys, I'm not an artist. I cannot draw a straight line. (laughs) But where my creativity comes out is in problem solving. And Jim, I believe we have to stay on our knees because 
in this world we're living in right now, nonprofits are having to solve complex problems and we need the creativity, wisdom and discernment from God to know how Mm. to solve those problems. Lots more to come with Holly Moore, president of Hollis Strategies. We'll be right back. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind that gives you control. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him Power Pod. Hey, welcome back. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and today we get a chance to talk with Holly Moore. She's the president of Hollis Strategies, and that barely tells a little of her story. As Hollis Strategies is out there investing in Christian nonprofits, maybe like the one that you're leading today. Holly, let's talk about your leadership journey, because every leadership journey is different. How did God lead you? You've shared a little bit of it, but talk about your leadership journey and how God got you to here. How did it start even? Well, I always like to tell people when you're talking to me, Jim, I'm one of the most unlikely leaders you would have ever met. I Leadership wasn't a category for me. It wasn't really something that I t- got talked to about at school or church or whatever that might be. Um, I'm really naturally pretty much an introvert and was just a little bit more shy in school and never held a leadership position. But when I was in college, I happened to be the roommate of a resident advisor. And so the dorm director got to know me and at some point in that journey, the, an opening came available for a resident advisor in our dorm. And I had never applied, would not have even occurred to me that I could do that. But because that dorm director had gotten to know me because of my roommate, sure. I remember her name is Connie. And she called me and she said, Holly, I believe you have what it takes to do this. Will you step in and will you take over this floor? And I, I am still dear friends with her. And I look back And I say that was such a defining moment Mm -hmm. that there was someone that saw some potential in me that I did not see in myself. And she gave me a platform to begin learning and to begin practicing leadership. And it was one of those things where when I was able to step into it, I feel like I had some natural intuition. I had some giftings that were able to begin to be expressed. And from that time, I realized I think that's really how God had wired me. And so then as I moved throughout my career, really gravitated more toward leadership roles. Again, a decade or so later, I was in my corporate career. And one of the people that I reported to was a man named Bob, that was a senior leader in the company. And again, he felt like he saw some potential in me. And he came and gave me some opportunities. Have have y'all ever had it where somebody gives you an opportunity to do a job and on paper it doesn't look like you specifically have that experience but he gave me the opportunity and so I think when I look back on my leadership journey um, maybe I would say it this way in the living bible if you remember that translation Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says this in everything you do put God first 
and he will direct you and crown all of your efforts with success. Hmm. And what I feel like happened in my leadership journey is as God helped me grow in my relationship with him, as I strove to try to put him first, then he led me, he guided me, he brought mentors across my path. And then as I was willing to step out in faith and say, I will try this, I'll do it. Then God blessed my efforts with success. And then it was able to kind of build layer upon layer. Mm-hmm. And and not being not wasting those layers to to be able to build on them and see that value um, of each lesson that you learned along the way, it sounds like. I agree, Martha. I tell people all the time, I love that God does not waste anything. And I truly can tell you the work that I'm doing right now, there is a piece of experience that I got through every stage of my life that I would not be able to do what I'm doing right now Mm -hmm. if I had not had that experience, good or bad. Our Heavenly Father just doesn't waste anything. And I also would say that once that leadership journey starts, you all, it is ongoing. I, uh, a really dear friend of mine, Steve Cockrum says this, he says, we never graduate from the school of self-awareness. <laughs> so we've always got to be learning. Um, and I want to be growing in my self-awareness. How could I lead better? How could I communicate better? I want to keep honing those skills. Um, it's a lifelong process. Hmm. It sure is. So, speaking of a lifelong process of learning, what, have you got any books that you have read that have really made an impact on your leadership journey? Oh my gosh. Okay, so y'all are talking to somebody that is an avid, avid reader. And so, um, yes, yes, I dearly, dearly love to read. Um, but I would say, as I think back on it, um, Interestingly, I'm going to give you some unconventional choices, Mm -hmm. but years ago, there was a novel written by Catherine Marshall called Christie, and it's actually a fictional story. It was somewhat, though, maybe based on her grandmother, and it was such a pivotal book for me as a young woman because in that story, I saw where God can call you to do something, but there's an element of it where you've got to be willing to step out into the unknown. You've got to try something. You've got to, sometimes you've got to just do it when you're scared. And I cannot tell you how many times I've even come back to that fictional story Mm -hmm. and that God has really just encouraged me um, in that. And then I would just say a recent read is I'm really big fan of Donald Miller's book. If anyone's familiar with story brand, I think he's doing a lot of phenomenal work about helping leaders be better communicators. Um, he really has a phrase where he says, you know, if you confuse, you lose and noise is the enemy. And I have really studied a lot of his writing on how can I, as a leader, clarify my communication communication, um, which I think even when we're living through times like we're living in right now, Mm -hmm. uh, clear communication will win the day. Such a good point. You know, I was thinking about the fact that you have, you started Hollis Strategies just like a year ago. What is something that you can say as a leader you've really learned this year? I mean, I know you've taken a lot of your past experiences, but what's something new that you've learned this year? Yeah, I love, that's a great question. I would say that one of the things, and I'd say, Martha, God had really started talking to me about this even um, before I started my own company. Mm -hmm. 
Um, maybe people will be able to resonate with this. I am somebody that I have my opinions. I'm usually free to kind of share what <laughs> I think about something. Um, I like to talk. I like to teach. I like to train. I do a lot of speaking. But I have really been feeling like the Lord has really been pressing on me that He wants me to be more curious and He wants me to ask more questions. Mm. Because I think sometimes, I know in the past, I've gotten tripped up when I assumed that I knew what somebody else yeah. was thinking. I assumed that I knew the right priority to have. I assumed that I knew, well, this is the next step that we need to take. And and there's just times that I even look back on my own leadership and I just think, gosh, Holly, I think that could have maybe turned out differently instead of leading with your opinion and instead leading mm. by asking a question. Yeah. And so especially just the work that I do now serving so many organizations, I'm really asking God, help me be a better question asker. Yeah. Help me to be more curious and help me to listen. Like mm. really, really listen. What are people saying? And then am I listening to what they're not saying? Because mm -hmm. in those quiet moments, I have found that again, remember how I said, I really pray every day for wisdom and discernment. Well, then when you filter and layer that on top of really listening, asking questions, then you might ask a question and get one answer. But then you think, oh, I think we need to probe a little more. Yeah. I remember working with a client recently, and it took several times where we kept having to peel back layer after yeah. layer after layer to really go, what is the root of what is going on here? And how do we get to the root? So I would say God has really been talking to me a lot about, Holly, be curious be a better question asker, listen, be slow to speak, yeah. right? <laughs> right? To listen. And that that will just so help me in relationships in life. We'll be right back with lots more from Holly Moore, president of Hollis Strategies. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore. Thanks for going to Digital. Hey, welcome back. We got Holly Moore on the line. She's got a lot of great stories. We're going to shift the conversation now to Holly. You get a chance to speak directly to our listeners. You know, the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders come to really invest what they've learned about leadership into other leaders. What leadership idea or thinking? I mean, you just got done sharing a really great one. I don't know if you could top that or not, <laughs> um, because the asking more questions and being a great listener is huge. But is there something else you want to make sure that our audience today gets from you about what you've learned about leadership? I will. And I cannot take credit for this. Um, some dear friends of mine, Steve Cockrum and Jeremy Kubitschek, who founded Giant that I am um, affiliated with and do consulting work through them. They came up with this tool and I use it and share it with my clients. And I think it really resonates with a lot that's going on in our world today. And here's the big idea. I want you to think about these three words, provision, plan, and promise. 
all day long, leaders are in conversations where they are talking to team members. They're thinking strategic plans. There are a lot of them right now are thinking, what's the impact of what's going on in our world right now? And how do we need to pivot? And what are we going to be doing to finish out 2020 or plan from 2020, Oftentimes, leaders that might be listening to this podcast tend to be very visionary, right? They're very future oriented. They're always thinking about what's coming next. They're, they're thinking and considering ideas. Well, what can happen is if you're a very visionary leader that's kind of living in the future, then you can get in a meeting and you don't preface what you start saying and you start thinking, well, I think we could do this or I've been having this idea or I was thinking the other day, we might do this, this and this. If that's all you say, there are other people that are on your team that are more present oriented than future oriented. And when they hear the executive director, the CEO, the senior leader in the organization sharing an idea, that leader might have said it as an idea. The person heard it as, oh, wow, we're going to do that. And I need to start mm-hmm. like pivoting and I need to start rallying my team. And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? They but might also be thinking, time- how on God's green earth could I have time to do that? And they're going to get frustrated. All these things are going to happen. And then, Jim, add this to it. The leader comes back to the meeting two weeks later and he goes, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. We're not going to do that. And then that leader's doubly frustrated or the other person on the team because they're like, we've just been pulling our hair out for two weeks trying to think how we can make this work. And now you're already on to the next idea. So provision, plan, promise. What would it look like if the leader sat down, they're meeting with whatever their team team members they have in the room, and they say, hey, you guys, I've been thinking about something. I just want to cast an idea out. What I'm talking about is provisional. This is a provisional conversation. Right then, the anxiety level has just gone down in the room because everybody knows I've framed this conversation that we are ideating. um, We're just dreaming. Then if you come back and you say, we're planning on this, right? Then people can start saying, it's okay for me to start mobilizing people, resources, time, money, and really reserve when you say, I promise we're going to do something that you would say nothing short of death is going to keep me from doing that. And here's the issue. Sometimes leaders are talking in their head. It's provisional. The person in the room heard it as a promise or they heard it as a plan. So I would just say, especially in our world where there's lots of moving parts, my Um, My just advice for leaders to consider is think about who's in the meeting, how are they going to hear what you're saying, and how could you frame that conversation by saying this is provisional plan and Mm. promise so that you can put the hearts and minds of people in the room at ease so that they can fully engage in the conversation and you can have a really good outcome. Mm. You know, and I can think that that can be useful in almost every area of our life. So um, a lot of people think they aren't a leader. Of course, if we have influence over one person, we are. But um, I can see where that can apply greatly in our household anyway. 
anyway. Well, and so. I also know that a lot of people who are not, you know, high up on the leadership spectrum, they're doers. You know, half more than half of the people are doers. Actually, eighty percent of the people are doers. And yeah. if they and when they're around a leader all the time, they get frustrated because leaders get new ideas every five or six minutes or maybe thirty <laughs> a day, and they they you know they frustrate people. So it's, it does, it, this is a good way to present this. This was so helpful for me. I can remember years ago sitting down in a meeting with the team that I was working with, and they literally said, Holly, in this meeting, could we just talk about how we're going to accomplish what we talked about in the last meeting? And could you not introduce a new idea? And I was laughing. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but, um, but I just think that as leaders... Again, we want to charge into a meeting and start, you know, we're trying to get yeah. stuff done. And how much better it would be if we would just call a timeout on ourselves and go, who's in the room? Mm-hmm. What's my goal for this meeting? What's the best way to frame the meeting so that people can fully engage? Because if we don't take the time to frame it in the beginning, then we're trying to share information and everybody else, there's like chaos going on in their head. Because to your point, Jim, they're thinking, are we doing it? Are we not doing it? Am I supposed to be stopping what I'm doing? And then people can't fully engage with what we're saying. So I just think the onus is on us as leaders Mm -hmm. to set the stage create the atmosphere where people can fully engage with what we're doing. Such great wisdom. Thank you for investing that in the listeners today. Just really quick, is have you had a mentor or um, someone that has discipled you in your leadership? Uh, many of them. Many of them. It's something that I'm very... Um, just very intentional about Martha. So Mm -hmm. at any given moment, I have two or three people in my life and I sort of have different categories. I've got a financial mentor. I have a leadership mentor. I have a marketing mentor. I hope you really pulled away some great stuff, especially about provision plan and promise. And it's just been a great conversation with Holly Moore. I wish I could say thank you, but we've lost her. Well, we can still say thank you. We can. Thank you, Holly Holly Moore. We pray that this podcast has made a huge impact on your life and that you would be able to put some of that stuff into practice. Remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way from someone else. If you loved it, say so and share it with a friend. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work for for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.